On this segment of Perspective, we turn our attention to hypnosis. Uh, and if you're driving, don't worry. We're not going to put anybody into a trance. But uh, we want to say good morning to Bill Gladwell. Bill is a professional hypnotist and uh, and hypnotherapist. And uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about how many different areas hypnosis or the approach that hypnosis uses is is being used in areas other than what we traditionally think of. Good morning. I started off back in 1989, and I'm a very analytical person, so my degrees are in business, marketing and management. Traditionally, people think of hypnosis as a new agey type thing. And in the late 80s and the early 90s when I started, it was more of a, let's do a closed eye technique or let's do a relaxation so you didn't actually call it hypnosis. But hypnosis can actually be applied not only just to stop smoking or lose weight, but to sales when you're in business or time management, management training, how to relate with other people as well as sports enhancement. When you say uh, sales uh, motivation, uh, the business environment, we're not talking apparently about, at least I'm assuming, we're not talking about the type of hypnosis where you think of someone going into a sleep and you know then suddenly being susceptible to all kinds of suggestions. There's, this is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. There's a lot of misconceptions of what hypnosis is. And hypnosis, the term, was coined at the end of the 1800s, and it comes from a Greek word meaning sleep. The doctor that coined the term thought people were going to sleep because they had their eyes closed, but there was just a study done in the Mayo Clinic last summer, and they found out that you could have your eyes open and get the same effects that people do with their eyes closed. What it boils down to is a way that the language is formed, so you change your beliefs and your values and the habits that you have. Is this something then that you can do yourself, where you just you learn the, the, the proper use of the language? It is. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. What a hypnotist is there for is to teach you how to do it. You go through hypnosis about four times an hour on average. So if you've ever been driving down the road and you can't remember how you got the last few miles, that's a state of hypnosis. So if you have a really, really bad hypnotist that you're working with, worst case scenario, they wait until you naturally go into a state of hypnosis every 15 minutes and then they start giving you suggestions. But what happens when you're in that state is you're focused on one thing, you become more suggestible, and you tend to take in ideas and concepts without question, and you form those as beliefs that you hold deep down inside. What's happening in your brain in, during the process of this hypnosis that makes you so susceptible, that, that makes you, I guess, override a lot of the conscious thoughts that are maybe getting in your own way? The best way that I can explain it is it's like advertising. So if you hear a commercial on the radio... They build up some kind of emotion and then either tell you what their product is or their service. You link that emotion with that product and then you go to the store and you get the same emotions back and you buy the product. That's what hypnosis does if you're talking about sales, for example. Cold calling, people link up bad feelings to cold calling. What you do is help them link up good feelings to cold calling and then they want to do it. Same with uh, stop smoking. People will link bad feelings with stopping smoking. And they like good feelings with smoking. They get a socialization type thing with smoking. They get to be with other people. It relaxes them. And it's really the deep breath that's relaxing them, but they link it up to cigarettes. People stop smoking and then they turn to eating or they go back to smoking later. And it's because they've never replaced what makes them feel good with something better than smoking. How long have people been using that type of technique in areas other than weight loss, stop smoking, which is where I've traditionally heard of it, uh, heard about it from, a little bit in the area of sports, and I know that's something you get into, but how long have people been applying some of these techniques to some of these other areas? Hypnosis has been around forever. Tony Robbins, if you guys don't know him, was on late night TV selling a tape series, and he does seminars all over the United States, uh, actually the world, and he coined the term life coach back in the early 90s. 
it really started it, it started a new wave at that point and people started using it for different things the problem is you have to get the word out there people think of weight loss and stop smoking when they think of hypnosis you uh, have worked uh, with athletes or, or uh, with with maybe not athletes but just golfers like me <laughs> far from athletic uh, how does that work well yeah, we actually do golf seminars we take private clients too but the way that works is that after you get the physical aspect down of a sport, it's all a mental game at that point. And golf is one of the biggest mental games that you have because there's so much involved. Number one, it's swinging the club the right way every time. And I've run into people that have done exceptionally well in the front nine, and then they get on the turn to the back nine, and they decide inside themselves that I am not really this good. And so they start sabotaging themselves for the back nine, and they end up right where they think they're supposed to be. 90% of this game is half mental, I think Yogi Berra said. Uh, and it happens with a lot of sports where you know somebody has the ability, but right. you go out and watch them play a bad game or get into a hitting slump or a losing streak, and they can't explain it. No one can explain it. No, we're working with several college students now that are NFL prospects. They know how to play the game. They don't believe that they can make it in the NFL. So they have the physical ability and it's a matter of going in and helping them gain the beliefs and the values that they need to make that leap to the NFL. Do we do that to ourselves in a lot of player areas of our lives where we say, like you say, you do real well on the front nine, but you say, well, I'm not that good a golfer. So on the back nine, I'm going to make that prediction come true. We get in our own way a lot in, in many aspects of life, it seems to me. Oh, absolutely. You have a uh, set of beliefs that you hold for yourself when it comes to business or sports or personal improvement like stop smoking. A lot of people will go around with weight loss and say, uh, I, I've tried to lose weight before, there's no way I can lose this, or how come it always happens to me? And if you just simply change your mindset, and I say simply, it sounds simple, and it really is, but you have to use certain techniques to change that mindset so you believe in yourself, and you link good things, for example, cold calling, to eating the foods that are right for you, to putting that cigarette down and choosing something else. How hard is it to get into one of those techniques? When you take me on as a client, how difficult is it going to be to get me to learn some of those techniques so that uh, I can do them on my own? Well, I hear a lot from people that I, because it comes from TV and the movies, that not everybody can be hypnotized or some people go deeper than others. Where they get the depth of hypnosis at, there was a study done and a gentleman named Hildegard came up with a scale from 1 to 20. And he put people into a room with an instructor and they went through a hypnosis script and they found out if they could lock their eyelids closed or if they could hallucinate things. And they, from 1 to 20, gauged where these people were at. Hypnosis isn't about depth. You go into hypnosis about four times an hour naturally. So it's a matter of showing you how to do what you already know how to do on purpose. You become more suggestible. You take in ideas. So what I'm here to do or any hypnotist is to teach you how to do it. And you shouldn't have to go back to them too many times. You can go home and do it yourself and get the changes that you want. Um, what's happening in the brain then when I am, and I do it, driving past my exit because I have been under self-hypnosis and <laughs> drove, like you mentioned, drove a few miles and didn't know how I got there, but now I've missed my exit. What's going on in my brain? Well, what happens is you're, you're focused on one idea. And if we relate it over to sales training, for example, if we do cold calling, I could sit next to somebody and urge them along for several weeks, you know, make them feel good when they're doing the cold calling and they would link up the good feelings with picking up the phone. What happens is if you focus on it instead of just periodic me going in there and sitting down with them, if you focus on it for about 20 minutes, 
that drastically speeds up the learning process and you become conditioned. So all it does is help you focus on one idea and you learn faster, you condition yourself better. And this conditioning, you, do, you, do you keep that going with the use of the language, the repetition, just the, the, the going back to the, to the same theme or the same idea that you focused on just to keep yourself maintained, whether you're quitting smoking, losing weight, trying to get to the NFL? You learn how to do hypnosis. The more you do it, the more relaxed you get and the more you can concentrate on one idea. You train your brain to concentrate on that one idea. It's also hypnotic language. And I, like I said before, I'm a hypnosis trainer and that's what I teach in my trainings is how do you form the English language into a persuasive type of, of language? It's like advertising. You need to sell the people on their own ideas that they want. 